0: welcome to poet kind podcast I'm your host Susan Mulder and it is poet talk week and also episode lucky 13 we're welcoming poet Bronwyn Jardin this week and I want to begin by thanking her for her infinite patience while we recorded the gremlins of the internet were alive and well and after a number of takes and some editing gymnastics of which I am clumsy at best We share about her upcoming book, some of her wonderful poetry, and while a lot of the laughter had to be edited out, we had a great time. So, without further ado. Um, Welcome Bronwyn. I am so excited to welcome you here to PoetKind Podcast. Um, I've heard you speak your words one time before and I absolutely love them. So I am delighted that you're joining us.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Um, I would like to start. Um, now, I had the privilege of having seen your bio, so I know a little bit, but I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners and um, just talk a little bit about your background, what brought you to writing poetry, and um, mm-hmm. where it's landed you right now.
1: Okay. All right. I'll try and give you the condensed version. <laughs> I... Um... I have been a writer, probably, uh, as long as I've been able to hold on to a pencil. Uh, I was blessed uh, from an early age with lots of books, and uh, poetry was a big part of my childhood. I began I think with a child's garden of verses which included oh, everything classic. from mother
0: yeah.
1: oh mother goose rhymes to you know notables uh, such as Lewis Carroll I mean who can grow up and forget about the jabberwock right
0: right um, I'm sure sh- I'm sure it still haunts children today
1: Yes I'm sure it does
0: but um
1: perhaps that meant it was in the cards that I would become a language arts teacher I loved the theater and drama uh but I knew that as far as teaching went, that would not be uh, that was a narrow road to travel. Sure. And I thought, well, now wait a minute, I can I can be a language arts teacher and drama in most schools falls under the language arts umbrella as an elective. Okay. So I focused in my college years, I was a University of Hawaii grad and I um in between, you know, trips to the beach, uh, everybody thinks, um, you know, if you go to Hawaii <laughs> for school, you really don't go to school but I did, um, and I enjoyed getting my education out there, Uh, but I uh, split my uh, major between courses in uh, English and literature, of course, and drama and speech, and I found myself spending almost all of my speech credits in oral interpretation. I, I love to read aloud. I have loved to read aloud since I was a child always the volunteer in the classroom. Okay. And he had a yeah. hard, hard time shutting me up. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that because I taught, I did get to know so many poets and I loved sharing. I mean, they're the old, you know, the old dead poets, but uh, I loved sharing their language, their style. Um, everyone's so different. Um, my My students... You know, even the ones who said they didn't really like poetry found that they liked Poe, and they, they liked um, the quirkiness of Emily Dickinson, and um, could find something to had,
0: connect with.
1: Right, we fa- had fun with you know, little littley, little C Cummings, as one of my teachers <laughs> used to call him, and uh, uh, Langston Hughes. Oh yeah, uh, I'm I'm really just a poetry nerd, and and to take it, I actually loved studying Shakespeare. Okay, I just you know, I. It's hard to find the words for that. I I had a couple of good professors who helped me uh, navigate those uh, deep Elizabethan uh, waters. And I just really found Shakespeare was uh, was an amazing inspiration.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I, I would agree with you there. And my husband, who is a very wise man, the first gift he ever gave me when we were dating and we dated a long time was the complete works of William Shakespeare. So I knew as soon as Uh he did that, there was something about him that he was going to be a good one to keep. So (laughs) definitely a keeper. Yes. So, um, I also know that, um, you were a former, former fellow of the Northern Virginia writing project. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Well, that was a, um, that was a great serendipitous moment in my life. I was long-term subbing at a school because I had arrived in the Northern Virginia area in the middle of the year. We'd been wiped out by Hurricane Andrew down in Florida. And I, um, I wanted to start subbing so that I could eventually get a teaching job. And the English department, um, I guess, loved me because they loved on me. And the, uh, the head of the department, a piece of paper in my hand as the summer was coming, and she said, You know, you might be interested in this uh, Northern Virginia Writing Project. And I said, Oh, would I ever? And uh, she wrote me a lovely recommendation, although I was not a full time teacher at that school. They were trying, to, they were hoping to hire me for the fall, but they couldn't make any promises. And uh, I found myself in the program, and it was six amazing weeks of being part of the National Writing Project. Okay. Teachers of all disciplines. Uh, What we had in common was that we all loved writing, but I was working with uh, elementary school teachers and, of course, middle school and high school and uh, had great professors. And it was just an awesome, creative summer. I could not get enough of the experience of being around so many other people who loved language and literature and writing. And uh, I think that really did kickstart my my interest in writing my own stuff again, because I'd been a busy mom and and teacher and hadn't had a lot of time to even entertain that side. But I, I did journal a lot. uh, And I think that that
0: really was the, that was the turning point for me. Okay. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it, um, sparking your desire to go back to writing. You have a number of irons in the fire right now, uh, writing wise. (laughs) What can you share with us?
1: Well, um, my poetry book, um, Soft Trades, Hard Blows, okay. is uh, coming in proof form next week to me. Excellent. So we're getting close, and uh, I expect to launch that very soon. Oh, you'll have to keep us updated when you launch that. I will. Amazon's my friend. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Um I also have uh, the beginning of a memoir that is based mainly on how much my life was turned around by the hurricane experience. As I mentioned, Andrew, um, it was a colossal event in our family's life, mm-hmm. and basically losing everything. Um, oh, we did have a five by eight U-Haul trailer, but it was it was pretty. <laughs> That's grim not much. And, and life- <laughs> And life-shaking. Yes. Uh, and I have actually workshopped a couple of uh, chapters of that. And I've had some real encouragement from other writers. And so uh, the memoirs and the works. And I have a one-act play that I've completed. But I need to get some youth from my church to sit around and read it aloud to okay. me. So I, can, so I can hear if it sounds like real no people talking. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to publish that. Okay. I workshop that at uh, Harvester workshop, uh, out in Alaska with Leslie Leland Fields and company. Okay. And, uh, so yeah,
0: I do have several irons in the fire. I'm not only a poet. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, that's, that's some exciting stuff you've got coming down the road. Um, so I, I think I would like to, um, talk a little bit about your poetry since that's uh-huh. why I had you here. Um, <laughs> I, one of the things the piece I heard you speak and then also some of the works that you sent me to take a look at, there Mm -hmm. is such a sense of place. Now that could be my own interpretation. Um, you know, like on Nani Kai pond is definitely about a specific location, but I think it goes deeper than that. Um, it's evocative of a lot more than just a single place. Um, I guess Mm -hmm. it talks about place in the more grand metaphorical uh, Mm -hmm. realm as well. Can you speak into that a little bit for us? Well, perhaps
1: what you're seeing in that poem and what you're hearing is we just recently moved to this property on a pond and we named the pond. My husband's from Hawaii and of course I lived out there for several years and Kai means beautiful water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we felt like we just needed to name our pond. It's not our pond now. We have probably, oh, golly, a dozen houses around us. Uh, when we first got here, we were one of the first residents, though. So it really did feel like we owned it. And um, the, I can't explain what happens to me around water. But if we can't live on the ocean, and I really don't want to live right on the ocean, especially in hurricane country. Right. Uh, but, There is something about being on the water for me, which is very transcendent. I, for example, I got up first thing this morning and I head straight to the east window to look out and see what kind of sunrise are we having this morning. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it's reflected on the pond. And um, the it's also for me a very spiritual time that, you know, many people do their morning quiet time and so on. Well, the pond is sort of that setting is sort of a part of that whole thing. Okay. And when I look at the pond and what I'm seeing is the reflection of the heavens above, it's just, you know, I shouldn't be at a loss for words as a poet, but uh, it's, it's a very, very special experience to me. And Um, the way the pond life comes alive around us too. There's such a quiet and a solitude about it in the early part of the day. And then things get into action. Yeah, I mean, we've got a gator out there now. Okay. Things are really (laughs) cooking. But um, I mean, he hasn't joined us on the shore, thank thank goodness. But um, there's just such a life around that pond. And so I love that this is now the world I'm living. Yeah. in.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, do you have any poems of your own work that, um, I don't know, encapsulate, uh, or maybe distill is a better word. Some of your experiences, is there anything that you could share with us that would give us a little taste of, of more of, of where you come from and, and how you're put together? Um, I
1: have one that is, um, an experience that I had. It does. Now this has nothing to do with, um, life on the pond. This is from, right. This is from my past. Um, and it's about a loss, um, which I think a lot of people, you know, on, on different levels, certainly we all experience losses. And, um, so yeah, I have one called my little list.
0: Oh, okay. Um, if you'd like to share that, go ahead when you're ready. I'd be happy to.
1: A woman who has cradled young knows within weeks, I couldn't carry you long enough to be certain I would never cup your downy head in my trembling palm but I dream of your tiny soul seeking a tender strand of nest brief as a catch of breath like a fragile bud of too early spring you bowed your head curled yourself up rocked to ever sleep hearing last the hymn of my heart a few days later than I should have been My temple walls quaked and shook as you slipped away from me. Dear little dream, one day our souls will meet. After all, after all these years, I remember you. Why else would my eyes ache, pressed tight like a locket, wondering about the what if you?
0: Hmm that is, um, that's one of those pieces that, that, um, go definitely goes beneath the skin. It's certainly, um, it certainly affected me on a gut level. Um, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a powerful piece. And I think it's, it's something that a lot of, um, people will connect on that deeper level. Um, and I, I like immediately, You know, I just, I just had a new grandchild. I think I mentioned that to you in our communications. I just (laughs) had a new grandchild and that, that moment when you touched their head the first time Mm -hmm. and you, you spoke those words and it was like, Oh my, my goodness. I mean, I could feel, I could feel that in my, uh, you know, that tactile experience Mm-hmm. And that loss that you must have had. And that's that's powerful, powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for sharing that because that can't necessarily be easy, but you've done it so well.
1: Well, thank you. I think the thing that um, helped me, even my daughter when she had read that said, you lost a baby? I said, well, Mm. it was, as the poem says, it was so early on. I really, it was like, really? But it was so different from any other experience I'd had as a female that I was pretty sure that I, you know, the, the pregnancy test back then, we're talking about 36, 37 years ago, the at-home pregnancy tests were, were a little sketchy. A little dodgy. um, Yeah. 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 So I was kind of relying more on the calendar. And uh, having had uh, two other children, I, you know, the body said, you're pregnant. Yeah. And um, so when this occurred, it was very early. It doesn't change the experience for any woman at all. It's been many, many, many years. And I was blessed later with um, uh, a son who followed my two daughters. And, um, you know, so it was just one of those moments where you accept that it wasn't meant to be, but you, you also think about the person mm-hmm. who was that person.
0: Yeah. And you, you do carry and that to me. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, that was, um,
0: yeah, quite, quite lovely and very poignant. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be pondering that one for a while. <laughs> um you you have an upcoming book and yes you you uh said the name earlier and it slipped right by me I wasn't writing fast mm-hmm. enough to to get that could you share that sure. with us again please my
1: poetry collection is called soft trades hard blows
0: okay all right um what can you tell us about it is it is it um Uh, just a collection and I don't say just a collection to to diminish it at all but is it a collection of your works or does it focus specifically on a theme or a topic
1: yeah and I would call it an eclectic collection Okay, it is about life and love and loss and uh, it's it's pretty vast
0: okay okay Now, you wouldn't happen to have another poem that might be from the book that you'd be willing to share? (laughs) This poem is uh, certainly a retrospective, something
1: that goes back to some people's childhood. I don't know if children get outside to play anymore, but I certainly was thinking of my uh, early days when I wrote this. It's Forbidden Fruit. There were plenty for us to climb, our tropical yards amply supplied, but each one that we tried could not compare with the one heavy with hanging fruit, whose fragrance sent us high. The pine was loftiest of trees, old oak was roughest on our knees, the swishing palm, well, shimmying up to his husky nuts, he was too easily done. The malaluka's paper was fun in the stripping till we left him naked with no bark of protest. But the mango yes here was the man he welcomed us all three or four even more shoulders stooped low he led us in how we'd head for heaven in his ample arms he took us as we were explorers gypsies pirates queens and we could hang sit stand or lie so accommodating was he oh yes from driveways and porches drifted distant protests stay out of that tree Don't come crying to me when you fall on your head, dead. Keep your feet on the ground. But from the ground, lured up into his bountiful branches, itching to touch his purpley green plums, scrambling for his highest heights, not one of us could resist his sappy song. Now he took us up, 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 breathless as we went between grass and outer space glancing back or looking up could make us plunge so we took him one pound pounding heartbeat at a time rising with him straddling his branches feeling the dance in the best of breezes until we dared go no further up and how trembly was the coming down fumbling feet searching firmest ground the forbidden done we'd head for home or play another play but all that day I would know how we'd touched and tasted his fragrant fruit his tickly traces of sticky kisses still prickling on my arms and
0: legs Ronwyn, i love that piece um I was—I well, was one of those kids back in the day where you were shooed out the door as soon as you'd been breakfasted and dressed, and told to come <laughs> home at dinner time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when With they called, all. and you were pretty much at the liberty of your imagination. So that was—that um, brings back some great memories. I've. I've Climbed my own fair share of trees and uh, maybe have fallen out mm. of a tree or two over the years. <laughs> I, did, I did too. So that was really delightful. Really delightful. Thank you for sharing that. It. Now, um, is, it, do you have a timeline? Do you know when we might be able to get our hands, our sticky little hands on your beautiful, beautiful new book? <laughs> your sticky hands.
1: Um, I think since the, uh, copy is supposed to get to me for proofing next by next Wednesday hopefully it'll come in a little bit sooner then I will certainly I've already looked at it online it's looking pretty well together and um, I'm hoping to send out a couple of advanced copies so that some of my friends can help me launch it. And so, what do we? What would we be looking at there? This is really a, a new experience for me. I'm I'm looking at probably what maybe three okay. weeks. Okay, um, does that sound reasonable?
0: I, I I'm such a well. I, I would qualify as being a neophyte in the in the publishing world as well. So, um, hey, if you say three weeks, and I'm going to start haunting Amazon and looking for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and who knows, maybe we'll have you back on the broadcast to, uh, talk a little bit about your book and promote it. Once it comes out, maybe do a little review. That would be, I would think that would be fun oh, for us. Awesome.
1: So it would be fun for yeah. me too.
0: Well, Bronwyn, I just want to thank you very much, um, again, for, for joining us on Poet Kind Podcast and sharing a little bit about your, your work and, uh, sharing your words with us. And sharing your time. We appreciate it. And well, thank you so much. I'm well, on. Well, it was an absolute delight. And we just hope that uh, we get our eyes on your little book coming up here soon. So, all right. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> Thanks, Bronwyn. Thanks so much. That's it for this week on Poet Kind. If you'd like to connect with Bronwyn Jordan, you can find her on Instagram at BronwynJarden, all one word, B-R-O-N-W-Y-N-J-A-R-D-I-N. And on Facebook at Bronwyn Best Jarden. She also has a shiny new website that can be found at ww.bronwynbestjardan.com. Give her a follow and be the first to know when her new book, Soft Trades, Hard Blows, Drops. And if you haven't yet, connect with us on social media at Instagram and Twitter at PoetKindPodcast, all one word. Want to recommend a poet or book or writer or a theme for a show? We're all in. Just share your ideas. And we continue to accept submissions for opportunities such as feature segments, poet talk, and book reviews. Drop us a note via email at PoetKindPodcast at gmail.com for our submission guidelines. We have guidelines to ensure your work gets the attention it deserves. And we have a few short ones to make sure your submissions don't get lost in our email black hole. Our submissions are fee free and we explain why when you get our guidelines. And lastly, did you know that PoetKind is listener supported? We're just getting started and you can help us grow with your monthly subscription support. Our supporters receive behind the scenes newsletters, access to giveaways, unpublished material, and are in the know with what's ahead for PoetKind. You can visit anchor.fm backslash PoetKind Podcast and click on the support button. You can also show us some love by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a review. Those reviews are important to us. Thanks again. Have a great week. And until next time, read great poetry and write great poetry.